Hey, this is James H. Carr II from the Creepy Kingdom Podcast and the director of the Foolish Mortals documentary. And when I'm not making documentaries and creeping around my podcast, I'm listening to the Mickey Dudes Podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. I'm soon going to throw the hosting duties over to our producer extraordinaire, Jeff Williams. Flash photography, I wouldn't. It alters the homing signal, and that's not good. Because today's show is actually about my trip to Walt Disney World that I took this past weekend that I just got back from yesterday. So before we start doing that, let's have a word from our sponsors. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com. Joffrey's Coffee and Tea, a flavor for every Disney memory. Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC resale market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC resale market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. And we're back. Thank you, Pat. He's like the groundhog. He shows up, sees his shadow, and then goes back into hiding. <laughs> Wait, does that mean six more weeks without Pat? I would take six more weeks of summer anytime. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it'll probably be six more weeks without Pat at this point. Well, Pat will come back on and he'll be like, who are you? <laughs> but at least he graces himself uh, with our present... He graces us with our... We're going to try that one more time. He graces us with his presence at least every week in our Joffrey's and DVC resale ads. So it's something, but people don't forget about Pat. He still exists, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't realize he's, he's pretty busy right now. In fact, he's going to night school. Is that right? Yes, he's actually taking some graduate classes, so we're recording on a Tuesday, and he's starting a new class that happens on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so he has a good enough excuse to not be here. Life is getting in the way, and I totally can I can totally respect that. Yeah. Yep. Now, tonight is a very interesting night, because today we have a um, special guest with us. I'd like to introduce all the way from New York City. We have Bob. Civico. Bob, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you are associated with this podcast? associated with this podcast because you're my son. So, nice to have you here, Dad. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. 
And there's a reason why I have my father on with me tonight. Uh, we took this little this little trip that I just came off of was a father-son trip. My father had some time in Florida. He's enjoying his retired life and he's a big uh, space nut. So he took a little time in uh, the earlier in the week while I was still teaching to go down and uh, do the whole Kennedy Space Center, Cocoa Beach thing. And then Friday, he met me in Orlando, and he happens to also be an annual pass holder, so we did Disney for a few days. That's right. Man. Tell us a little bit about nice. your experience in Cocoa Beach. Well, Cocoa Beach was totally awesome. Being a rocket head such as I am, uh, I stayed at the La Quinta Inn, which was owned by the original Mercury uh, 7 astronauts at one time. So right there, I just stepped into history, and... Uh, it was totally awesome. Uh, then going out to uh, Kennedy Space Center, I took a couple of tours, uh, special interest tours. I actually got to see uh, the launch control uh, section for the space shuttle. And that was just over the top for me because uh, I'm a big fan of everything with uh, space, rockets and stuff like that. I was in the Air Force and my father, uh, Dave's grandfather, built rocket parts that were essential in the early uh, space age, so it's just something in my blood. And why don't you tell our listeners who bought you those uh, special interest tour tickets? Hmm, let me think. Why, it was you, David. <laughs> Happy birthday, then. Thanks. <laughs> and I just wanted to put it out there, what a <laughs> good son I am out there, because... Many people, after the whole Carousel of Progress rant that I had, have made it a point to tell me what a terrible person I am, so <laughs> I figure I need some type of redeeming quality. That would be me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> nice. Bob, I'm so envious. I've never uh, experienced any of the uh, Cocoa Beach uh, stuff. Uh, being in Houston, we have. I've done the... Uh, the Johnson Space Center here, but I haven't done the Kennedy Space Center. So, man, I'm I'm so jealous right now. Well, I definitely want to go to the Johnson Space Center. That's totally on my bucket list. Nice. All right. Well, Jeff, since this is going to be about my trip, and I'm not one for trip reports. We rarely do them on here. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> considering that there was some interesting news that came out of Disney World that I uh, got to experience with my father firsthand. We kind of felt it was fitting that we do this uh, little uh, show tonight. So, since it would be very pretentious of me to host my own trip report, Jeff, I'm going to throw this over to you for hosting. No, I appreciate it, Dave. Now, I twisted Dave's arm. Granted, like he said, we don't normally like to do trip reports, but... I think this is timely enough that uh, there's plenty of uh, Star Wars uh, spin to talk about, so we're really pumped. And plus, Dave's uh, dad, Bob, uh, went along with and he's available, so this is perfect timing. Um, now, it's you had a full weekend, it sounds like. You started out with a little uh, solo, a Star Wars story action, and then uh, phased into maybe a little uh, The Void action, uh, the VR experience, uh, Disney Springs. And then you finished it up with um, uh, Star Wars uh, Galactic Nights party, uh, but you sprinkled in a little bit of food and w uh, not food and wine, uh, flower and garden, and uh, maybe a little of Animal Kingdom in there. So uh, hey, can you start off with the your first off? Uh, we're gonna try not to do too many spoilers, <laughs> but me and Dave both saw um, Solo: A Star Wars Story this weekend. Um, him and his dad got to experience it at the um, AMC in uh, Disney Springs, it sounds like. Um, I, I'm curious. I've never been to the, the what's it called, Dine-In Theater? Uh, can you just tell yes. me tell me quickly uh, about what what was that like? Uh, in, uh, how, what did that entail as far as the food offerings go? Okay, well, the Dine-In Theater has both a uh, restaurant portion and just a regular movie theater portion. And they're kind of sectioned off from each other. And the dining theater is basically dinner and a movie. You actually eat your dinner inside of the actual theater. 
Uh, in New York City, there's really not many here. There's a couple in New Jersey. They're starting to pop up, but they're not really as common. They're, um, they're the exception rather than the norm. And basically, you enter in a little earlier, you order your food, and it's a full set. It's a full service restaurant. They they have appetizers, everything from appetizers, salads, soups, entrees to desserts. They'll also um, the waiters will also bring you your popcorn, your drinks, all your your standard movie fare, and then you have a little uh, button to call your attendant if you want something more during the movie. And which is kind of a little bit of a distraction, I think, because as the movie is within maybe 20 minutes to end, they come in, they give you your bill. You have to settle up your bill, which with, with every restaurant is. But I kind of feel like when reading, watching a movie, it's kind of it's one of those things that can be a major distraction as you're trying to figure out, okay, what am I tipping? All of this, so it has its interesting points. Dad, what did you think of the food? I was really very surprised with the food. I thought it was going to be, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, cheap movie quality stuff that you expect to get anywhere. But the food was excellent, really good. And uh, the portions were good. I was very surprised, very pleasantly surprised at the, uh, at the dining experience. We shared an order of... Uh barbecued wings to start off with and then my father had some type of what was it some type of beef asian bowl yeah, it was like an asian fusion uh rice bowl with with beef and uh exotic vegetables and uh it was very tasty and filling and i was pleasantly surprised yeah i went for a cob salad and it was a huge portion Lots of meat inside inside of it. Both the the bacon portion and the chicken portion were uh, quite generous at that, and I did find it very filling at the end. Uh, price wise, you know, it's Disney. You know, they're you're gonna have to uh, promise them your firstborn at one point <laughs> to pay for this. It's a good thing you're my second boy. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I I would have I would have preferred if you got rid of your firstborn a long time ago in that in that respect. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> but uh, how was the service? I've, we we have a couple of different uh, brands down here. Um, it's I, I, it's just kind of hit and miss for us uh, as far as you know trying to get good service when they when you hit the button were they pretty responsive or. Well, we only hit the button at the beginning. Okay. Um, we ordered our food at the beginning of the movie, and you're trying to watch a Star Wars movie, so you really don't want to be too uh, distracted True. during during the movie. So to make another order now, this evening, uh, I bought the movie ticket, so my father actually paid for dinner. So I want to ask you, was it annoying? Towards the end, when you had to pay, when you're getting, when you're trying to settle up the bill, and you're still trying to watch the movie, were you able? How was that a major issue for you? I wouldn't say it was a major issue, but it definitely was an issue. Uh, I'm trying to count money in in the dark and uh, uh, watch the movie as it's uh, coming to its climax, and uh, it was a little disconcerting as far as the uh, that portion of it. Uh, as far as the uh, quality of the food, again, it was excellent, but the prices were a little steep, I thought. But then again, that is Disney, so uh, wouldn't expect much more. We also did get alcohol because they had this uh, specialty drink in honor of uh, Solo Star Wars experience. Or, what, what is it? Solo a Star Wars movie. Oh, Star Wars so, story. Solo Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. That'll work. So... I'm normally not a cocktail guy. I like my I like my beer. I like my wine. I really am not one for mixed spirits. But at this point, the name of the drink was the Scoundrel. Don't ask me what was in it, but I had to have one. I think my father had a blue moon or something at that point. So kind of added to it. Uh, well, it come down to like 65 or something. Before the tip. Before the tip. So yeah, so it was... Uh, it can be 
quite steep, especially when we did the we did the 3D movie. So those uh, tickets go for um, about 43 bucks for the two of them. On top of that, so you know you, you go out. Two people go out for uh, for dinner at that point. You know you're talking a hundred bucks for dinner in the movie. Oh, you did 3D. I've never done a 3D uh, while while uh, in a, one of the dine places. That, that's that's probably pretty wild. <laughs> well, 3D was the only thing that was available. Normally, I rather see a movie first uh, in 2D, and if I enjoy it, maybe go back for the 3D experience. Yeah. I was also working with a flight because I came in at 7:10. He picked me up at MCO, and we went straight to uh, Cool Disney Springs. Yeah. So. It was the closest. It was the closest one uh, available at that time. We were also playing with the on the contention that my flight wouldn't get delayed, so that kind of worked out. Uh, we could have gone to a later one and not done the dining; just dined in Disney Springs somewhere else. But uh, figured it was part of the experience. The timing worked out well, and by the time the movie let out, it would have left some time for us to go to Raglan Road, which my father really enjoys. So yeah, I figured since. We're down there. He wanted to go to Raglan Road. It worked out perfectly to get the 945 showing and just eat dinner there. Perfect. Now, Bob, uh, you got to fill me in. Are you a Star Wars nerd like the rest of us? I, w- I don't know if I would make it all the way to nerd, but definitely <laughs> a fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I would probably say me and my family are Star Wars nerds. Uh, if we're talking a, a little bit about the movie... Um, I, I, none of us were really super excited about this movie coming out. I mean, it's it's definitely filling in a backstory. Um, there's been all kinds of drama associated with making of the movie. I mean, they fired the original directors. I was more excited about the original directors. I don't know if you guys knew about that, but it was if you ever saw the movie, the Lego movie, and and kind of it came out of nowhere and was really really fun fun time. Uh, I thought they were gonna like do something very interesting with Star Wars. And maybe that was the problem. They tried to be a little too interesting and different, and they got fired. <laughs> so, you know, they called in the cleaner, which was uh, Ron Howard. Uh, so he finished the movie up as director. But um, uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about what we think about what we saw. Um, what do you guys think overall? Well, this was supposed to be a, a, uh, a prequel, and... Uh, it left uh, new questions unanswered, so uh, and it doesn't seem to be much that they can do with it because they've got the backstory going forward. So uh, they left us hanging on uh, several issues, and uh, you know, like if this is a prequel, you know, you can't sew up those uh, items. Yeah, a good point. Yeah, and there wasn't. And if you think about it that way, you know, I. <laughs> There, there's not a lot uh, uh, risk, right? Because we know all those, well, at least those three, or the main characters uh, survive because we see them in the later movies. So uh, other than just filling in backstory for fan service, I mean, it's, it seemed like an odd, kind of an odd movie to me. Um, you know, I got average reviews. Uh, it, it so-called uh, underperformed. It still made like 100, over $100 million the first weekend. But, um, but... I think the word on the street is they spent like four hundred million, so uh, they're gonna have a hard time getting to break even on this one. But you know, it, it is it, it kind of it's Star Wars. It's it's doing a little fan service. Um, I I personally came out of it feeling kind of like this would have been a perfect uh, movie to pop up on their new you know Netflix service. Um, but um, you know, there was a bunch of awesome effects, and and I had a good time. Um, but anyway, I don't want to fill in your guys' uh, overall reviews. No, because I, I want to talk. I want to talk about a bit about it because yeah. I, I'm, I'm not totally agreeing with you, Jeff, yeah. on this one. Actually, well, first off, the question that my father is referring to actually does give an answer if you watch some of the actual cartoons which are part of the canon but for those who are just a casual fan who just watched the actual movie they did leave one character's uh i guess uh, i i guess 
what's the what's the word um destiny destiny or disposition <laughs> yeah they left one really open as to okay well what happens with this one what, what's up with that because it's really not something that is discussed in the movies apparently it does actually have something to do with um the disney channel shows but again only a select few would get that so that was one of the things that i kind of found to be a bit lacking of the movie now I enjoyed the action scenes. I enjoyed knowing how Chewbacca and Han Solo became inseparable. All of that information, you know, the whole the whole conversation that uh, how he actually won the Millennium Falcon from Landau to actually see all that happen, I was just like a kid in a candy store. I have to agree with that. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. It was it was fan service uh, work. Um, it, it was probably like I said, it was low hanging fruit. Uh, we all wanted to see that. I just wonder if it brought any new people to the table. Um, maybe it did. Maybe there's some young. I, I don't people. think I don't think it would bring anybody new. That's the one. This was seemed to be a movie for fans by fans. Yeah, and I don't see anything wrong with that when you are talking about Star Wars, one of the biggest grossing franchises out there there are a lot of mega fans there are a lot of casual fans but the the story has a following it has fans yeah period yeah uh there is one thing that i will say and ladies and gentlemen uh for the next two minutes maybe uh pass up because i'm going to give one spoiler because there's a, one thing that does annoy me about this movie so right now <laughs> Skip two minutes ahead. When you when when have you ever uh, summed anything up in two minutes, Dave? Well, I'm gonna say it now. <laughs> Apparently, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> Han starts his career and is trained as an Imperial pilot. So the fact that he actually was trained by the Empire and worked for them, I kind of feel that. That part of the story should have came out later on in the whole Star Wars trilogy. If he never he never really joined the rebellion, but the fact is he got pulled into it at one point, and I think the fact that he actually was just like Finn, part of the Empire at one point, I think that should have been mentioned in some way, shape, or form. So to add that in and kind of just shoehorn that story in, yeah. it just leaves it leaves a dead end. And it's, it's, it's something that... That information, even the smallest part of it, if he could have given the Rebellion anything from back in his day with that, just so that... <laughs> right. I, even, just, even just for their understanding of how they did things back then, and for them to... I feel like they can make calculating moves based on history and stuff like that. Yeah. That was the thing that really just uh, totally just got me annoyed about about the movie in that way. But other than that, yeah, I never thought about I that. I thoroughly yep. enjoyed it. Yeah, I never thought about that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, we have uh, three movies where basically he's just taking a back seat to all the strategy talk. Um, so yeah, he could have probably filled them in a little bit on <laughs> their play playbook. I'm not totally sure I agree with that because uh, the way the story goes, he uh, he joined the uh, the Empire because he was trying to save his life and avoid capture. So uh, he wasn't uh, a willing partner. He was just trying to save his butt. So Exactly, but he still had some information on how they, at least at one point, did things. That could have been... Useful True, where he said, the, I know these yeah. guys, and then he, they did exactly because the opposite when, of what he was going to say. Yeah, because when they end up uh, they end up bringing Finn back to the Rebel base, before they do anything else, Leia tells Finn, you need to let us know every... She commends him for leaving, and then she says, I need you to let, me, let us know everything you know about the Empire. So they give him this huge debriefing first. Yeah, well, that was back before. Actually, again, I disagree because the Marauders turned out to be uh, the uh, the beginnings of the rebellion. So yeah, 
it was like that uh, that Han was there for the beginning of the rebellion, uh, and he worked with these guys, but he chose not to be a player at that time, and went off on his own path to uh, to become the Han Solo that we all know and love. Yeah, my biggest beef was they insert him literally the very next scene from when they show him joining um he's he's looks like he's literally just landed right into the middle of a battle scene but they also say he's been there for three years so he's been in the infantry for three years or whatever he was doing but he looked like he just got there and had no idea what was going on you know what are we doing what are we doing this for (laughs) so it was that was kind of odd what they threw in there that he was supposedly been doing that for three years but no, no, it was three years later. Uh, he said that he was uh, a pilot, and uh, they uh, demoted him and oh, put yeah. him in the infantry for, for insubordination or something like that. Ah. So uh, he had attitude, so he already got his flight training, but uh, he wasn't uh, going by the uh, Imperial playbook, so they uh, put him in the infantry to get his... Uh, uh, himself shot up with all the rest of the grunts. Gotcha. And you see, I I kind of feel like, even at that time, if you go against the Empire, they're not going to demote you. I feel like you're going to be taken out back and executed. <laughs> sort of like if you're a uh, fa- if you're a fur character and your head falls off on stage, you go to the Utilidors to your death. Or something well, like that's that. Well, that's what Bob said. They're, he was cannon fodder. So, I mean, they, that was going to his death, pretty much. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, it, I don't know. Anyway, would you... I, it sounds like you guys... Uh, most people I know were upbeat about it. So, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm definitely a min- minority in this deal. But um sounds like you guys kind of gave it thumbs up on, on it. What would you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs to the side. <laughs> Fist bump. <laughs> Fist bump. My biggest uh, positive that came out of it, uh, to be honest with you, was uh, just a personal nerd thing. I tweeted about it today, but um, one of the biggest backstory griefs uh, from the science community is ever since the episode f- uh, four, no, uh, Empire, no, episode four, wasn't it? Um where he said, uh, you know, he did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Well, a parsec is a measurement of distance, and they kind of implied that was a a time. (laughs) So you, for years, for decades, literally, people are kind of cringe about that, uh, that little uh, backstory. Um, So it was cool how in this, once again, spoiler alert, it was cool how they tied that together with the fact that there was a very treacherous uh, path, the Kessel Run. And if you have to take it the nice, easy uh, way, what they say it was 25 uh, parsecs or something. Yes. And then because they were carrying that precious cargo that was going to explode if they didn't un- unload it, um, they had to cut corners and go the dangerous route that was full of the... Re- crazy uh, ma uh, storms or whatever the heck it was called um, so that was risking life and limb and and you know lots of danger so he was able to cut the corner and pull it off so um, it was cool how they tied that in I thought yeah but uh, yeah and I was I was thinking that the the Parsec thing was uh, and I kind of got the impression that it would it was kind of like a wormhole so we're a whole you know, messing around with the old uh, space-time continuum. So I can justify that in my mind using that concept. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to look at it, too. Well, I mean, they needed to have that whole section in the movie just so another, so everybody can fanboy out on that, too, because you need to actually see them do the Kessel Run, so it made sense. Yeah, and... and uh... So uh, to sum up, I know there was a little uh, teaser at the end. We did, uh, definitely, uh, no doubt in my mind, we're gonna get a Han Solo two movie. But uh, there was a teaser at the end of the uh, of the credits. No, at the end of the movie, they didn't do the end of the credits scene in this movie. 
Oh yeah, because we left. At that point, we wanted to go drinking. So no, they treated it differently. I I heard something about that. They don't uh, apparently Star Wars has never done it, so they're not they're not going to start. Mm-hmm. And they leave that to Marvel to do all that crazy end of the scene, end of credits things. But um, I you know I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumbs up. I I still um, I still would say. Uh, you know, like I said, it would probably be more suited for uh, direct to Netflix or something like that. But I know they spent a ton of money on that, and I can I can see where they spent their money. So anyway, that's cool. Um, now that kind of feeds into um, um, later on, though. You guys went to Galactic Nights, but um, while we we're in Disney Springs, uh, you guys said you got to do the Void with now. I know me and you, Dave, have done the void, but uh, I guess uh, your dad has never done the void, right, Bob? I didn't even know it existed. It was a complete surprise for me. Yeah, it, it's 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 so uh, I guess un- unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, uh, you guys uh, were you paired up with some people? Yeah, now they do it where. It used to be they would sell the tickets by a certain amount of people per time. Now it was just, okay, what tickets do you have? And whoever else they sell it with, they'll, they'll pair you up. So they just had a whole... The last time I did it in January, it was four, it was four people uh, with us. And then it was just, that was just us in, that, in the building at that time being briefed to go in and then... They bought the next group out. They made the next people went that had four, fifteen waiting outside and everything. Here they just started to herd everybody in, and it was just uh, they'll get you when they get you, and then they just said, "Okay, here you guys are gonna be with these. You're gonna be with these other people at that point." And they just so yeah, we work. We were uh, put up with two other people, but it was just completely random of the fact of whenever you just got in and whenever they were able to take you. I, I guess I didn't give a... If anybody isn't familiar, so um, in Disneyland, uh, uh, Downtown Disney, and uh, Disney Springs and Disney World in Orlando, uh, there's this experience called... A company called The Void, and it's Star Wars' The Secrets of the Empire. Uh, it's it's a full sensory immersive experience, um, full-on um, VR. Um, what I've done a bunch of these... Uh, well, we have a VR couple of VR kind of systems at home here but uh, what sets this uh, different from any other one is it's an interactive space that you walk through Um, and so I think they can get away and I thought about this the other day by the way they get away with uh, this because when you put your equipment on you're carrying your computer on your backpack I think we've talked about it on another podcast but you carry your your PC is your backpack and then you put all your gear on, and you can interact with your actual uh, teammates and look at them. And they're all—you're all dressed up in, um, um, sorry, stormtrooper outfits. Um, and I just realized that that's probably the limitation of, of this kind of technology. Uh, it was really cool. There's heat. There's uh, supposedly some water effects if you do something a certain thing, which I'd never experienced the water effects, but it's there supposedly. And also, uh, they give you, you pick up blasters in the middle of the, the, the dang uh, uh, experience. So you're grabbing blasters, you're shooting stuff. But the fact that you're putting on a exoskeleton kind of stormtrooper thing, uh, that's easy to animate, right? So it, it would be really bizarre if they try to put, you know, that kind of uncanny valley look of a of a fake 3d uh animated character so it, it, you can get away with it with star wars characters with uh all of our uh stormtrooper outfits um but anyway bob uh I, the one thing i want to find out is did you did you guys figure out how to unlock uh the prisoner and <laughs> at the at the end you mean the code that we were being sent that we got exactly right and we were being told that we were wrong and it couldn't be the robot? Uh, oh. He's talking about the whole Simon part of the game. <laughs> oh. No, that's, no, yeah. we didn't get the prisoner. Okay. Well, did I tell you, uh, Bob, uh, guess what? We did it, but it was our my 14-year-old daughter that we were all getting frustrated and she just shot the panel and destroyed the panel like in the dang movie when, speaking of Han Solo... <laughs> And then right when we came off of uh, 
the void or right when we came out the 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 dude goes how did you guys who did that who figured out how to do that and i, and I go it's my teenage daughter she just got frustrated and shot it <laughs> apparently not not very many people think about doing that <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it is. That's now awesome. I, now I want to go back and do it again and just do that. Yeah, I know. Me too. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that, I think that's the teenage spirit. I could picture I could picture your daughter doing that too. I could just... You must be a really cool kid. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, yeah, me and my wife were like trying to decode the silly thing and getting all nerdy with it, but whatever. But uh, it, it was a pretty fun experience. But This is what happens when you put two engineers together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it you know, did you guys eat oh, another thing I was gonna ask, did you guys either of you shoot each other? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Oh. Might have shot the guy next to us who kept on laughing through the whole thing. <laughs> That's the other problem. I was it was just our family of four. I was worried that if we paired up with somebody they wouldn't probably you know, it's just incompatible humor and you know respect or whatever and um, I had to hold my tongue quite a few times because I just, you know, you know, I have no filter. Right. Some of the things that come out of my mouth that we have to edit off this podcast. So <laughs> I had a couple of times where there were some really great lines, but I guess the nut doesn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice. Well, all right. So I'm the being. Well, I was with my family, so being the the cut up I am, I was just shooting everybody in my family. <laughs> The whole time, and it gives you. You notice it, you notice it had the responsive um, feedback, it like it vibrates a little bit, like when you get shot. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, yeah, but I was getting shot in the back. <laughs> Wait, I was, was Dave behind you? Wondering. Wait a minute. I was wondering about that. <laughs> We're on to him now. He's trying to pick you off. Well, first off, if, if there wasn't strangers with me as I was shoot as I was shooting at stormtroopers. I would be going, uh, my mouth would be going like Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Well. In that way. I had to really bite my upper lip to not uh, throw some expletives out while doing <laughs> it, but it was just. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. So, uh, I think the last time I did it, uh, Florence was with me. Uh, Florence, please tweet us and let us know if I was, uh, my potty mouth was going when we were, uh. <laughs> When we were doing it, that or um, what, yeah, was this so. before or after Raglan Road? Let me put up up. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I forgot totally about this until I just started talking the story. But when we did it, uh, the very last scene—I'm not going to spoil it—but the very last scene, um, I uh, see. I'm really Bob. I'm like a foot taller than my whole family. They're all short, but. Um, I was thinking in like legitimately in terms of like a, maybe a. Uh, uh, you know, uh, first-person shooter game when I when everybody well, everybody wants a good vantage point of shooting. So I got down uh, on my a- knees at first, and then I, later I I got down on my belly to get a lower vantage point shooting from below while they can shoot over me. Um, oh my gosh! It's like within seconds somebody was grabbing my uh, so one of the workers there was grabbing my um, head headset and pulled off and said, "Sir, get up." <laughs> so I'm like, oh yeah, duh. You they don't want you getting down on the ground. <laughs> you can't, they That's can't hilarious. see you. So it's like, oh okay, yeah, I forgot. I got too immersed in this experience here. Um, anyway, so don't don't get down. <laughs> Stay standing up. But uh, I, I don't know. It, to me, it was a must do. I, I would totally do it again in a heartbeat. Hopefully with friends. Well, one thing I didn't think of with him, which actually was poor planning on my part. I mean, I, I mean, I had already bought the tickets, but I'm sure I could have got a refund if need be. Uh, the week beforehand, he was just getting over a major ear infection, and I didn't realize he was still dealing with vertigo. Oh, snap. Yeah, my, my wife gets that really bad. She just came over it, got over it too. So I, I take it uh, uh, you guys weren't and doing... And when you're taking, trying to walk in those things, and then you see these little... I mean, you know it's there's a flaw, but what it looks like when you're on a bridge and you're still walking and you're kind of feeling unsteady because you're afraid you're going to fall off the bridge or <laughs> walk onto the skim, and if you think you go too far, you're going to fall into molten lava. <laughs> it just... Well, I take it you guys didn't do Mission Space then on this trip, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. We actually didn't ride anything, and we just went to Epcot. Uh, my father's a photographer, so... Yeah. I figured he would want to get some nice shots for food for flower and garden. We uh, hit a couple of the kiosks. 
watch the band in Canada for a little while and uh, in the distance listen to Brit British Revolution and then had to uh, get over to an ADR at Blue Zoo. The, uh, the Canada thing was a trip for me because I never heard bluegrass in French before. It was <laughs> weird. Is that a new band? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the current uh, offering in Canada at the moment. Holy cow. They're rotating bands yeah. in there quite often yeah. now. Bring back off Kelter. Yeah. But that's another story for another time. Well, so uh, this was the last weekend for uh, Flower and Garden, correct? Was it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was this weekend or next weekend. I, I know it was coming to a close. Yeah. Anything, uh, so, Bob, did you guys, uh, I know you went to Blue Zoo, but did you get a, anything to stand out as far as um, snacking on anything or any booth? Yeah, that one was, um, one booth had something with, uh, with blueberries. No, no, I know. No, we, uh, you're thinking than, Galactic Nights. I know that, but there was also some, another one that had that over there. I, we didn't try it, but I was curious yeah, about it. about those stuff that we had, though. At, uh, yeah, I know. At the, uh, but no, it was all basically okay. Nothing stood out to me because you know we only to, did like two or three kiosks. And, we, we were going for dinner later on. Right. Well, and yeah. Um. Uh, we were disappointed because one of the beers that they had in Canada wasn't there anymore. What is it? And that La Fin du Monde. Oh, you talk about that all the time. Yeah, and that, so I'm like, I was going up to my favorite popcorn spot to get it, and and I found out that they did not have it, and I was mighty pissed. Tell us about that, that popcorn spot, because you got me hooked on it. It's the uh, maple popcorn cart. Uh Right outside of La Cellier. Yes. Over there. I'm, I'm hooked on it now. I, I thought nothing would top the uh, caramel, caramel couche uh, popcorn or whatever in Germany. But, man, that maple popcorn is nice. You see, I like my popcorn salty. I yeah. don't think popcorn and sugar mix in this. So I was never a fan of caramel corn or kettle corn or yeah. any other sweet version of popcorn. Me... Give it to me with salt and butter, and I'll be happy. Nice. All right. Well, let's let's do the Blue Zoo thing. I've never been there. I've always heard about it. Um, what, what what did you guys think about Blue Zoo? Up. Well, I I really enjoyed it, and that's saying something because I'm not a fish guy. And Blue Zoo is all prim fish, primarily. Yeah. Maybe Except there's one meat dish on chicken, the menu. There's a chicken uh, entree and there's a... Uh, I think there's a filet mignon entree, stuff like that. But definitely uh, the aviance was just over the top. Uh, the chandeliers looked like they were bubble sculptures. Uh, everything had a blue tint to it when you walked into the room. And, uh, you know, they, they kept it up really well. They had this one portion of the... Uh, uh, the grill where it had these three or four fishes on a, on a spitz rotating uh, vertically as opposed to horizontally. And, you know, it's it was... known as their dancing fish. Yep. And they make you, a, they make it a, it's something apparently that's supposed to be the uh, key, key, keystone uh, dish of the place aside from what we had, which was the Hawaiian sea bass. As you walk by, they point out all of these fish on skewers just circling around and they say, well, you could order it and it can be served whole like that to you or we could fillet it for you at that point. I did have to take a picture of it because it's when you have, uh, when you have uh, animal, dead animals with googly eyes staring at you, it's kind of just puts you off, uh, a little bit off and I figured I have to just tweet this out because misery loves company. And all, but when we uh, did order, we got the same. We got the same thing uh, because our tastes tend to be the same. So we started off with a bowl of New England clam chowder. Uh, very interesting because it had a bit of a bacony uh, brought to the background of it, which kind of brought a whole new flavor that I never had in a uh, clam chowder. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the bread service. What about you? Oh, I really enjoyed it, and it's very seldom do you get uh, clam chowder 
with actual clams in it, which I was impressed with. And they were on, you know, they were still in the shell and you had to dig them out with the, uh, so it was like very fresh, very, uh... They made you work for your food. Yeah, exactly, but, uh, you know, I didn't mind doing that because it just put a whole, um, new essence on, on clam chowder. It uh, brought it up to a higher level. Nice. It legitimized it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Cool. And then as far as the entree, the one thing that we had is the, uh, it was a, uh, a Hawaiian wild caught sea bass. Everything is all wild caught except for the oysters. The oysters, they say, are farmed oysters. But, uh, everything else is all, um, Ocean, ocean court, and this is the one dish that they have a seasonal menu. It's the one dish that is their signature dish that does not change from menu to menu. It's always there, so it was always high on the recommendations. So we took the waiter's recommendation, and I was very pleased. It was a very uh, the fish melted in your mouth. It didn't have that fishy taste. It had a really nice uh, seasoning to it. It was quite a delectable meal. Yeah, it was filling too, which normally I don't get filled up when I eat fish. I've always, you know, you know, never quite satiated, but this time I was. What time was your ADR? It was 5.15, so uh, being on Dave time, we walked in about 6.05. <laughs> to dirty looks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, so you're finishing up, it's probably dusk, so you're able to kind of experience the boardwalk at, uh, at dusk? Actually, we went straight over to Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah, that was at night. To, um, we went to do Flight of Passage. We did a nighttime safari, and um, which the le- I've always said how much I hate the nighttime safari. This time was the exception to that rule. Uh we went on it because it was just we were trying to kill time, and my father never experienced the, the safari at night. So I'm like, you know, we were probably not going to see many animals, but they always say each safari is different. And this time around, you know, from at the beginning, right from the beginning, you have the uh, bongos in the trees where you could just see their eyes from the light of the from the light of the uh, truck. It was almost like. Uh, that whole part of Navi uh, River Journey, when you see all the uh, all the Pandoran deer species, just kind of just pe- peek out from the screens on the uh, as they're walking by, as the boat's going by. So it kind of reminded me of that. But uh, the lions were active. Uh, we saw one of the elephants in the water actually taking a bath, which is rare for them they said it's ever see them actually in the water and right on the right on the banks of the it was just it was just that elephant in the water and stella so it was like you got to see stella the baby elephant up close really well and she was just kind of out just kind of hanging around so it was uh it actually ended up being quite a uh, enjoyable safari we had to wait like 20 minutes because one of the cars broke down beforehand and my father was tired he has a couple of injuries that he's learn to kind of just be a trooper and deal with so the actual rest time beforehand worked very well anything you want to add about the safari yeah it was a whole different vibe to it seeing the animals at night and uh, they kind of acted differently uh, seeing the eyes of the different animals the, uh, the, the the cattle and and stuff like that. They were just very blasé, and they would just like stare at you. Oh, here goes another truck, and then the lights would go past <laughs> their eyes, and they'd light up for a second. I thought I was in uh, some kind of form of hell at first, but uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, you guys have convinced me. I was down on it too, like Dave, but uh, I've only done it once. But you know, it's get it's been there about a year now, so maybe the animals have adjusted and they they get the routine because. Yeah, it's all about the routine. So, uh, I'll give it. I'll definitely give it another try. I mean, heck, it's you know the best theme park on the planet Earth. So, um, what else I'm gonna do? It's pretty uh, sweet uh, attraction. But uh, we're running kind of ru- lo- uh, late a little bit. So I, I I know you guys had a good time, uh, Animal Kingdom. Uh, but I know you finished up big uh, with uh, a little private party called the. Uh, 
Galactic Nights at Hollywood Studios. Um, so that happened Sunday night, correct? Yes. Now, I know I, we went to one last year. There wasn't anything outrageously special about that other than some of the meet and greets uh, when, when we did it uh, when it first came out last year. Um, but uh, a couple of Star Wars movies have uh, happened since then, and they rolled out some special uh, upcoming Star Wars Galaxy's Edge stuff. Uh, right, Dave? Did you see anything uh, that kind of surprised you? or? They gave us a little bit more details about the actual ride experiences, and they showed us uh, pictures of stuff that has already been installed, like the full at-ats are already in the show building, completely installed right now, and they showed uh, various uh, ships that you're actually going to be able to go on that uh, they showed, I guess, the pictures in whatever studio they were working on them. The Imagineers actually standing next to them to scale and walking in in them and all that. So that was kind of cool. Uh, they revealed the name of the, of the town and the planet that you're going to. And the name of the actual uh, port that you'll be uh, experiencing in is being called Black Spire. Wow. And the, the backstory on that is that when the, the planet was young, they had these gigantic trees that reached thousands of feet into the sky, and uh, they all, uh, uh, over time, got petrified, and it's uh, a landscape of these uh, petrified trees uh, throughout this uh, uh, valley region, and... Uh, the uh, the tallest one is called the uh, the Black Spire, and the planet was a very prominent planet on the trade route at first, uh, and it was always a stopover, and that's where all pilots would refuel. So at one point, this was a bustling trading post and a very big cultural center because it was a cultural melting pot. But since the dawn of light speed, now. It's kind of been a place that was completely uh, forgotten, almost like Radiator Springs when the interstate opens. Oh yeah, in, yeah. In the Cars movies, yeah. So basically the same, the same exact concept in that way. So now this is a place for the outcasts, uh, anybody who's hiding from the Empire, hiding from bounty hunters. Black Spire is kind of the place that you uh, want to go. It's sort of like the Star Wars canteen on ta on Tatooine. At that, you know, yeah. the den of just um, the den of dissolutes. That's cool. And of course, on top of that, you have the uh, on top of that you have some of the most the lowest of the low coming into the uh, into the whole trading post. And that is the typical Disney tourist. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm just joking. I kid because I love. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a galactic Deadwood. Yeah, I got you. I can picture that. Kind of like a Wild West. Yeah. Now, I know there's, we all know there's two rides. If you don't, uh, one of them's the Millennium Falcon kind of uh, simulator. And then the other one's uh, kind of an escape. Uh, uh, a battle escape uh, ride. The one thing that that I didn't realize until recently, uh, the the battle escape ride is what they intend to be the primary showcase ride. Whereas the Millennium Falcon is actually the secondary, <laughs> which I didn't. I guess I didn't see that coming. But uh, I think some of the technology that they're going to reveal uh, in the escape type ride, which will be a um, a, uh, a trackless type ride. I think that's going to be more of a dark ride kind of thing. So I could, it makes more sense. It's going to be the bigger showpiece. But well, just for the just for the props that they were unveiling for it and that they showed, you could tell that they are totally going all out for it. Yeah. Now they didn't reveal any names, did they? For those two rides. No. Yeah. No, they didn't give they didn't give that information. They just. They gave us they gave us small little snippets, enough to kind of just en enough to kind of just whet our appetite at that point and yeah. still leave us frustrated. 
they did leave us with the impression that you would actually be able to pilot the Millennium Falcon, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> My only neat. question as I'm watching that was, I was just trying to figure out the logistics of that for almost everybody to get that experience. Yeah. That's the only thing. But it's Disney. I'm sure they can do something. You know, fake trust and picky, pixie dust. <laughs> and a lot of aggravation from being online. Well, yeah, Bob, uh, it was about maybe a month ago. Um, they There was some, uh, you know, technology conference or something. And and uh, NVIDIA, the, the company that does all these graphic um, uh, processor units for high-end computers or even low-end computers, but they uh, they rolled out. Uh, obviously, Disney gave them um, permission to kind of roll out some of the technology they're going to be using, and they're going to be working with Disney. But they went on about on and on about how their processing power is going to be so powerful that no ride, no no two rides are going to be the same. It's it's all going to be like a video game. Like it, you don't know what's going to happen, and so. That in that if that really does pan out to be like that, that's going to be unbelievable. Because but basically it'll be just like, you know, like a, you're writing in a video game, and and however you guys work it out, uh, you know, you might crash into this, that, or the other, or blow up this thing or that thing. Um, but it's not going to be like Mission Space, where basically whether you, you know, push the button or not, it, it ends the same way. They're basically trying to show us that, hey, you, you are in control of how this ends. So that'll be interesting. Uh, well, that's pretty awesome. I was just, while you were talking about that, I was uh, just thinking about my experience in the Kennedy Space Center and in the original Apollo flights and uh, yeah, the, the Mercury and the Gemini. They didn't have... But all the computers that they had and they talked about, they didn't have the computing power of your average uh, PC of today. So the things that they're doing today just keep on just, you know, the technology is expanding at such a rate that it's uh, mind-boggling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good. Yeah, like the phones that we carry around. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous, the firepower and just our phones. I mean, whatever, it's... Um, but I, I'm, I've, I've got hope for uh, a, a new hope. I got a new hope for this this <laughs> new uh, galactic uh, or galaxy's edge. Uh, after you guys uh, talked about it and uh, the things I've read, um, but like Dave said, it, we've got to have a challenge on our hands because we're going to be uh, immersed with uh, a bunch of uh, Star Wars and Disney nerds mixed. <laughs> I've gone on record by saying that, like, there's Disney nerds, but there are Star Wars nerds take it to a whole new level, and if, and we're gonna have not just Disney fans uh, coming in uh, and attacking this this space, we're gonna have Star Wars fans who could care less about Disney showing up. So um, it's gonna be an interesting crowd control phenomena. Um, the one thing they did announce uh, this week uh, or last week was uh, Disneyland in California is going to be opening first in the summer of two, next year, uh, whatever that means. And then um, Disney World will be fall. And I know Dave said the joke, you know, fall goes all the way to, de what, December 15th or 19th or something? December 21st. Oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that could be anything. Uh, and summer, I mean, heck, summer can go all the way till you know, September or whatever. But, uh, um, but by the way. Yeah. I know we're going to be finishing this up, and this has popped into my mind because I know we're running late, but before we uh, finish up our discussion on Galactic Nights, I do want to say that I got to ride Star Tours during this, and I was the Rebel Spy. No way. <laughs> yes. That is First cool. Time, that is really cool. I would, uh, the, the thing was, uh, by the time it comes out, the way the seatbelt was, I was trying to like get my phone out and get the camera to go on by that point. By the time I was about to take the picture, it disappeared off the screen. <laughs> I kind of wish that they, you know, if you get if you get Galactic Hero and you get a sticker or something, if you get if you're that guy in um, Monsters Inc., you get something. I was when I went downstairs to the pictures, I was like, oh, do they have anything for the? Do they save the? the rebel spy things they don't oh man i was quite that's disappointed stinks. but still at the same time 
quite giddy at the fact that I was the rebel spy. Yeah. It was pretty cool. What I really liked about it is they updated it. I haven't been there in a couple of years, and I was expecting the same old uh, uh, presentation, but uh, I was really happy with how they... Uh, they made it more current. Did, did they did they finish you guys in the the new Batu uh, scene? Like from uh... actually, they finished us in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, uh, Galaxy's oh. Edge. Yeah, Batu. Yes, they did. Yeah, that's, isn't that cool? That's the planet. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, so that that gets me excited. And at that point, I at that point I was like, I, we had just found out that it was going to be called Black Spire at that point. That's so. wild. Oh, perfect timing. And, oh, cool. We're in Black Spire. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the rebel spy, and I'm in Black Spire. That'll probably be the, that'll probably be the f- easiest time I ever actually get into Black Spire. That's going to go on your record, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. You're going to be so, a hero of the rebellion. Well, now, now I'm expecting Disney to like send me like some type of... Uh, preview to uh, Galaxy's <laughs> Edge or something for that. So, Disney, I know you listen to everything, so Rebel <laughs> Spy here, come on. I cannot Bring it on. Real stormtroopers are going to deliver it. Yes. Well, now tell me the truth, guys. Now, I already know Dave didn't, but Bob, did, did you at least sample some green milk, or blue milk, sorry? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I... I still don't know where in the world. I know I saw a picture of it. They were serving it somewhere. It looked kind of like a mixed drink. I'm, I'm assuming. I know they served it before at like Star Wars weekends, but I didn't see it on. I didn't see it there. Yeah. We did the uh, we did the Imperial Punch. Yeah. And just um, the Eclair combo was really good. Bob, did uh, did you see uh, the most recent uh, Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi? Yes, I did. So you know the scene where uh, Luke uh, milks that whatever that weird creature is called. That I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The word on the street is uh, Galaxy's Edge is getting green milk, um, like from that weird <laughs> cow thing. <laughs> so that that's the word on the street, and so a lot of us are wondering what in the world that. That's gonna taste like it's gonna be minty. Milk I don't think or? it'll. Su- I don't think it'll survive if animal po- if if uh, animal poop desserts didn't survive at Harambe Markets. <laughs> I want that to die along with that. Well, you know, it'll be in some weird souvenir mug that uh, you know everybody must have. So it, that that might keep it going. Who knows? But uh, um, but no, I'm excited about Gag Sets, but I'm not. You know that this first this next year is gonna be crazy because. Um, also, I'm hearing that po- quite possibly Disneyland already has a crowd uh, problem, but uh, they may make it a hard ticket event or a hard ticket spot space. So you might hear some grumbling about that, or maybe you know, maybe you you package people people with uh, vacation packages might get early entry or something. Who knows what what they'll do? But uh, when they get over to Disney World, you know, you know as well as I do, it's going to be. Uh, chaotic um so you know it, it's just it's it is what it is it's just how we'll have to figure out how to manage that i'll go two years after it opens i'll just enjoy pandora in the time there you go yeah that's what i say <laughs> um uh, i understand look sorry but i understand they're also coming out with a uh, uh a five-star hotel uh and the Star Wars theme, uh... it's gonna back oh right gosh. up against the. It's gonna back right against the uh, the studios and. I bet. Yeah, yeah I hear it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be like the cruise line. It's gonna it, be crazy. I, I heard it. Yeah, it's gonna be and like thousands yeah. upon thousands of dollars. Yeah, per night. If you want some kind of a promotion or a contest to see if you can stay there, that's one I would enter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if they pull through with that, that's gonna be uh, a crazy crazy experience I, I think it's going to be one of those things at least what they've advertised uh where you, you book like you said like a cruise like your three nights there and or whatever and there that's your three nights you know hanging out there and, and i don't the only bonus would to me would be is if you can walk straight into like you said galaxy's edge before everybody else or something that that's me only justification i could see but um but anyway, I, man, it sounds like you guys had a blast. Uh, did, was it a pretty late night, I guess? It was. Yeah. Every night was a late night. 
That's Disney, isn't it? Um, yeah. Well, uh, it sounds like you had a, you guys had a good time. Um, uh, I guess we need to start booking our, our trips for next year, Bob. Oh, definitely. <laughs> well, that's all I got, um, Dave. If there's anything else you guys want to add. Nah, we're running a little bit late, so we'll just... Just, just one here. thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. What I really enjoyed was the uh, scavenger hunt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because we had all these picture opportunities to take with these Star Wars-type characters. Oh. And David and I got creative on almost every one of them, and... We had, we even had some of the, the uh, cast members laughing at some of the things we had come up with. <laughs> so, uh, I think we'll, I'll... Uh, we'll be tweeting some of those out. Nice. Uh, my father and I with K, with K two is probably one of the, one of the more enjoyable pictures. Uh, Everybody online laughed at that one. I saw and the confrontation with the sand people too. Yes. Oh man, nice. I so saw my the sand Instagram. guy wasn't looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had a I had a stand down with mine. It's on my personal Instagram. We'll put it on the Mickey Dude's uh, Instagram when this comes out. That'll work. Yeah, I saw and it on your Instagram. It was an awesome picture. Yeah. And I because uh, the Vertigo, I assume you didn't do um, Rock and Roller Coaster, which to be honest, he wouldn't do Rock and Roller Coaster uh, in the first place. So I didn't. I wasn't gonna leave him. So I mean, I'll give you some summation of it. They'll you know they they turn all the they make it into kind of a themed Star Wars experience, but I was kind of let down. I'm a big Star uh, Rock and Roller Coaster fan, but I, I thought it was a little lame. So you're not really missing out on anything. I thought um, it's just definitely just kind of like a projection show while you're on a coaster. <laughs> um, you see, I did that in Disneyland with on Space Mountain. Yeah, that. And yeah, I figured that instead of sweet emotion or love in the ele- elevator. What are they gonna do? They're gonna play, they're gonna play the uh, opening sequence of Star Wars while going through it. You know, I've rode that roller coaster enough times. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. It's fine. I was disappointed with the projections on Tower. Oh, okay. I did enjoy the Christmas projection show a lot better than this than this one. This one, I kind of yeah, the projection mapping was really good. But it didn't tell a story. It was just kind of just showing some of the landscapes of the various uh, planets of uh, the Star Wars universe. And it just... they I felt like they could have done so much more with it. If they're going to be having these Star Wars celebrations again and everything, which I'm sure they're going to do. Yeah. I just feel like there should be something more to it. And it just kind of just left something to be desired. Gotcha. It was to me. It was like a, a series of trailers. You know, I could see that same stuff going to the movies. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Dave, if you want to finish finish it up with us, I'm going to hand it back over to you. All right. Well, Jeff, where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Braindead92 on Twitter, and you can find me at Figments Reality on Instagram. Twitter when I actually use it, and you could also find the Mickey Dudes at themickeydudes.com. I'd like to thank my father for coming on. It's a pleasure. Oh, Much awesome. appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, may the force be with you. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.